A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Maybe this isn't all a chance. Maybe there is some sort of grand creator. And do you all feel like you've changed? Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Bob Shoy, and with me as always is Beef. Say hi, Beef. Hi, Beef. <laughs> Personally did that while he had a, a mouthful of drink. And Tiss, say hi. Hey. And uh, we were all riding high. We had a nice weekend. We've um, The boys actually came to visit me all the way in Leeds um, about two days ago. We uh, are still recovering from the Leeds International Beer Festival. Uh, but it was lovely to see you guys up here. Yeah, man. It was, it was great. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for looking after us. It's all right. First time you visited since I moved up here because of pandemic things and everything. It was nice to be able to see everyone face to face. I feel like I've visited you more than that, but I think it's every time we've even been to Thought Bubble. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, it's not when you've lived there, no. Uh, we've been up to Leeds together before I lived here. Yeah. And I've seen you because I visit family and they're all near you. So Correct. Um, so listeners, um, as you know, we're in the season of skepticism. Uh, we had our discussion episode of Rick. We had our sort of past episode last time with Emma talking about who we were at the start of the show compared to now. And this time it's our present episode. It's the who we are episode. And we're joined by Zara. Zara, please introduce yourself. Yep. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Zara. I am a psychiatrist working in North London at the moment. Um, so I'm currently training to be a adult psychiatrist and I'll touch wood, hopefully become a consultant in the next year. Um, I trained in London. Um, I did a lot of mental health jobs around the area as well. I know you guys sort of in the last pod sort of touched upon, you know, what the differences are between psychiatrists. Like, oh, you did. You listened to that. <laughs> I, li- I did listen, you know. Whoops. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I do like to listen to pods when I go to bed. And so sometimes I might miss the end bit. Um, but fun. I did catch <laughs> the end bit. Um Oh, damn. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, basically, as a psychiatrist, we're trained as medical doctors. So we go into medical school, we do our junior doctor training. And then as with any other specialty, you know, whether you want to be a surgeon, a GP, uh, obstetrician, a psychiatrist, you then do further training. And that can take about six to seven years. Um, Psychologists don't go to medical school um they do psychology degrees and they're more involved in the world of therapy so it's right. like and more complex stuff like that um 
so our role as psychiatrists is really to sort of diagnose mental health disorders, treat them with medication, see whether they need to come to hospital or not with the help of psychologists psychoanalysis which i know you mentioned as well yeah i just said everything with with a psy at the start <laughs> yeah basically everything. yeah anything with psycho as a prefix yeah um yeah. they're more involved in the sort of like uh, the deeper enmeshed unconscious so you need to be sort of specifically trained for that and you can be a psychiatrist doing that, a psychologist doing that. I've not done that myself, so mm-hmm. I don't have very much experience. But yeah, mm. that's just a summary, really. Okay. Ah. Thanks for clearing that up. Impressive summary. Specifically for me, who was the person who didn't know any of the differences. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, rough, I roughly did. Yeah, I knew every difference. I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I would have pretty much said word for word what Zara's just said. So I think of it was just yeah, you, wasn't it? Of course, it? But... yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I didn't know that at all. That's that's really interesting, the difference. And uh, yeah, in mental health, we all work very much closely interlinked with each other. So mm. though, you know, the psychiatrist might diagnose and give medical treatment, you know, the psychologists help a lot in terms of therapy and yeah, psychoanalysis as well is very helpful. Um, so yeah excellent so we have the right person on this um, I'm not I'm, I feel I'm like... a mind reader just to well, say yeah <laughs> well, we, we, maybe you could just what we want really is someone to help us better understand ourselves and our relationship to scepticism mainly but I mean we, we could get into anything over the next sort of however long we record for let's um, just see what happens yeah I mean the main thing that listeners might have noticed is last time we sort of just we sort of listened back to some old episodes and we sort of thought there was going to be a lot of more differences in who we are now as to who we were when we started and by the end of that what we kind of realize is we actually don't think we've changed that much um way less than we felt like we would have and um we had a lot of listeners who contacted us after listening and saying you know they went back and also listened to some early episodes which is quite cool and they said you know you haven't changed a bit but we all felt like we had so the main thing that I guess we'll start talking about is like, why do we feel like we've changed compared to them when we actually haven't all that much and we feel more skeptical, even though we're no more skeptical than we appeared in those early episodes and stuff. So I guess digging into the skepticism side of our brain and why we feel like it's changed and it really kind of hasn't that much. And do you all feel like you've changed? I think I do. Beef? Um, well, I think, like I said last time, I I think out of all three of us, I was probably the one that I don't feel like I have. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think I have. I don't think I have as much as you guys. Well, you linked that to the fact that you're the one of us that has um, a faith. So you said, well, if I that's a constant thing that I'm believing in all the way through. Mm. So everything else you sort of feel it, it sort of grounds you with a constant when it comes to belief so i guess you feel like yeah. your skepticism hasn't changed because your belief in general hasn't changed in that aspect of your life no i think so i think that coupled with you know having a four-year-old keeps you on your toes and keeps you in a young frame uh, a young frame of mind in in some ways yeah but you could say having a four-year-old would definitely change you and change your outset outlook on things. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I guess it could probably change the way I view the world, or change 
I think it's changed my priorities for sure. Um, but that's that's pretty obvious. So, I, but uh, mm. yeah, I still feel like I, out of the three of us, I probably felt yeah less skeptical than you guys. Mm. And I think Tis, you were saying that you felt much more skeptical now than you used to. Yeah, I was talking about this actually with a friend today. I think I think what it was is that I wasn't skeptical enough at the sort of natural amount of skepticism you should have. I think I was just below that level, and now I'm just about at the level of like open-minded but also not going to just ignore sort of data does that make sense right but from what we said we don't think you've changed all that much you just feel like you have (laughs) yeah i just feel like i have yeah (laughs) i still feel like i have but we have and i think we discussed that last time we have changed in the sense that the world's changed um we've got older and as you get older your experience shapes your mind a bit more and uh you know we talked about it at the weekend we talked about it briefly about you know or i did about getting frustrated with my parents because they weren't engaged with politics as much as i thought they would be and then you know years down the line you know nothing i voted for has actually happened and so Mm. and then it makes you more lethargic i suppose yeah yeah that's probably the right analogy Mm. Yeah, I was talking to my partner about this earlier. Um, he's a teacher and he's always been a massive skeptic. And I think for him, especially over sort of like the, I don't know whether we can say it on this pod, but you know, the whole issue with the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. it's also something that you guys touched upon in the last pod um, about sources. And mm-hmm. I think mm. that, you know, the more that happens around us, I think naturally the more sceptical we do become mm-hmm. in terms of where we want to get our knowledge from. And I suppose that's where social media comes into it as well, because that can influence us in both a negative and a positive way, I suppose, just depending on our susceptibilities and, you know, on a deeper level, what we're looking for and things like that. Um, but it's interesting that your so your viewers were expecting you guys to be more skeptical. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they probably thought the same as us. Like we seem more skeptical nowadays than we used to be, so we must be. I th- um maybe we're just older and grumpier. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that genuinely has something <laughs> to do with it. But like, if we bite onto a topic that we're interested in enough i think we still have the same enthusiasm for it um it's just we might not outwardly seem like we do maybe that's that comes of age i suppose i've actually written on my bullet points why why would i maybe be more skeptical now on the first point is my age um and that's the same for all of us i think but like, um, how, how old are you guys well me and beef are both 33 and tis two is 32 so you're 32. I thought you were 31. Nah, that was last year. Oh yeah, no, your birthday was in like Easter. <laughs> Easter wasn't it? Oh man, we're later in the year than I realised. Oh, no, you missed his birthday. You owe him a birthday. I know it's terrible. <laughs> uh, we always make such a big deal of our birthdays as well, don't we, boys? Oh yeah, 100. Um, uh, yeah. I don't. I think um, this is where I probably would disagree. I think it's. Uh, I think we stumbled across this whilst we were doing weird news and 
Um, I I find I, I guess maybe when we're looking for stories or things to share on weird news, hmm. I've, um, I tend to get more frustrated because you see the source material and you see where it's coming from, and it's <laughs> it feels like the same story over and over again. Like I saw hmm. a ghost in my bathroom, or and it was like I don't know, and it's always accompanied with a terrible video. So I wonder, yeah, maybe that triggered it, and maybe that's made us think a bit bit deeper. Hang on a second. So- so you're saying a stupid spin-off episode that we do twice a year at max has ruined your whole belief system. <laughs> now that you then did you can't believe in anything because of like the bad episodes that we do. No, I I said this is where I think you guys have oh, I, right. I really no, You're saying yeah. we did that then. <laughs> no. No, no, I'm suggesting that it might have triggered some some thoughts i think definitely when you look at those stupid stories and videos on those episodes which are intentionally stupid we uh the sources like tess said before the sources are so rubbish that you sort of get more critical i think of the sources in the stuff that you maybe would be less skeptical about normally when you're researching for different episodes Mm. um because there's been some absolute cack over the years on on weird news Mm. Do you guys read or do you usually get your research from the internet on YouTube, etc.? Yeah, we're not we're not like we're not going down to the library. Okay, <laughs> alright. Yeah, if we are just looking online. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I guess because the cyber show is like it is mainly a discussion show. <laughs> we're not ever passing ourselves off as the biggest expert in any any field that we're covering. It is yeah. always like a very passing conversation on the subject so Mm. there's only so much because i found before i it's very easy to over research for this show because you know actually once you get chatting you're not gonna have time to talk about hardly any of it so it's always just like the basic stuff but then you're not necessarily getting the best content with the basic stuff Mm. and we get everything wrong all the facts (laughs) yeah every time I think that's actually a good thing because for me I feel like I mean to be honest like I I haven't been like an avid listener from the very beginning Mm. um yeah it was sort of the pandemic I thought you know let me listen to some pods and the world's gone to shit really um let me try and listen to something a bit more different and it, it did make me want to research things myself and I know you guys feel like you've rinsed the Warrens and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> that really did get me into reading more about them and researching more about them. Um, yeah, the Warrens mm. The Warrens is an interesting one because that definitely did involve more research because I sort of did them so zoomed in over a number of years that it definitely needed more research to cover that stuff. So that's maybe one of the more in- intensely researched things we did. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I saw something today, which uh, I don't, and I can't remember if I mentioned it with when we um, had Emma on or not. But I was talking about I think we, we're so overexposed these days to uh, just false, you know, fake news, misinformation, you know, and the pandemic's highlighted that. Mm-hmm. You know, even today I saw, um, and it was someone that on my on social media that. I wouldn't have expected. I wouldn't have expected for this person to post this kind of stuff, you know, and really going into a lot of detail about um, Anthony Fauci from the States and he created the coronavirus in, in the lab in Wuhan. Oh, God. And you're just like, oh, no, he didn't. Uh. <laughs> and so I think it's, 
like maybe um particularly over the last 18 months um you know we know actually how dangerous misinformation can be yeah uh, and so there's there's there seems to be more emphasis on trying to drive truth and trying to get people educated and just trying to help people understand um you know that even if that is what he wanted to do there's absolutely no yeah anyway i'm not going to get into it but i think it's it i find it unbelievable the people who are posting this stuff people that i would consider to be educated um you know sensible intelligent people who you know for some reason have over the last couple of years just gone in a completely different direction um so maybe that's maybe that's another explanation maybe it's made us a bit more thoughtful um about our episodes it's maybe made us think a bit more you know whereas a few years ago it was basically the three of us chatting in a pub you know that was pretty much the vibe for the show and it's it still is the case but i wonder whether maybe we've thought more about our material we've thought more about what we're talking about perhaps which Mm. in a way it's a bit of a risk because i suppose we're now in a culture where like you've said beef um you know the facts are there um if you don't believe the facts, then there's obviously sort of something wrong with you, etc. And it, mm. for me, I feel it gives the media a lot more power um, because I suppose this whole COVID experience, you know, they've said that such and such is this, you must do this, these are the facts and figures. And it's almost, I don't know, given a sense of trust in the media now. Which worries me personally a little bit about yeah. the future. Hundred mm. percent. Well, it, it's everyone, the the bad thing about the internet and social media giving everyone a voice is that everyone thinks they have an equal voice. So when you get facts and figures about the pandemic and this that, and the other, people think that they should also have a weighted voice when they're saying that it's it's caused by you know 5g masks and things like that and it's so tiring to have just as much as that absolute dross as the facts i'm looking for when i'm looking for information um that's what makes you tired and i think that's what makes you more skeptical in everyday life of what you're reading online Mm. and it makes us feel like oh god maybe we're too skeptical to do the show now but actually the stuff we talk about on the show we haven't become any more skeptical of it's actually how it's affected our lives in general which is feels like it's bleeding into the show and actually it's not it's just it's a feeling within us and i think a lot of people have that feeling because of social media and i know that all three of us since the start of the show use social media a lot less because we all just got sick of all that stuff Mm. Mm. yeah and i think i well i was gonna say i think a lot of people do but um i don't know if that's true I think it depends on your personality type. I think that these days with how people use Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Mm. for me, it feels quite uncomfortable. I feel that people are either expressing some very extreme views that will either make you feel angry or sad or upset or people just flaunting their, you know, amazing lives, which then makes you feel shit about yourself because you're like, hey, I'm that age. Why have I might? Why have mm. I not achieved this? Um, so I think it attracts different personalities. You know, I think it attracts the narcissist 
who wants to get a lot of self-gratification from what they're putting on social media. Um, And I think probably a lot of, in a very, very loose term, like sociopaths, you know, people that are trying to inflict some sort of chaos in society. And I think that combination has probably made social media even more toxic. Um, And I do worry for the for the younger generation. I really, really do. Um, I know, Beef, you said you've got a four-year-old. Um, I mean, how do you feel having a young and growing up in a society where social media will be like a norm? Um, I, don't, I don't guess I've not really put an awful lot of thought to it. I think we're very aware of him as a person and he's very inquisitive naturally. And he's, I know every parent would say this, but he's, he's intelligent and he's, um, he retains a lot of information. So he loves learning about planets and the solar system. And so I guess I, yeah, I suppose our hope at the moment is that that would continue. And, you know, Rachel, my wife works in education. And so I suppose, um, yeah, we'll just do what every parent hopes to do in trying to steer him towards understanding social media and understanding, you know, the benefits, there's still benefits out there, but actually how to use it properly. And, you know, in many ways, it's, you know, it's like a drug, isn't it? It's addictive, it can become really negative, but there's, you can use it for for benefit, it can benefit you, you can use it in moderation, and, and it can be something that's influential in a positive way in your life. So I hopefully, um, I think both of us having worked in education has probably made us a lot more vigilant than other parents would be. So I would be very, very, I certainly wouldn't, I mean, oh, I don't know, God knows what's going to be around when he's old enough to have like a smartphone in his hands um, all the time or whatever. I don't even know what's going to be around when, but whatever that equivalent <laughs> is, um, I suppose it's, yeah, it's quite scary Augmented to think. reality but, goggles. Yeah. He can yeah, impose it, whatever he wants onto the world. Yeah. So whatever that is, uh, I suppose our hope would be that we would be able to guide him towards how to use those things appropriately. And um, like, I think actually that's probably been the, if any positive has come from the pandemic, it's probably been that we're, you know, we were forced in lockdown to be more connected with nature, more connected with our families. And um, so, uh, and which I think I'm more conscious of that as well with the way I use my phone and the way I use social media. So I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, every now and then I sort of dive in to catch up with weird tale stuff. But other than that, I'm not on it. And um, same for me, certainly found a positive impact. So yeah, yeah, but it is scary. It is scary to think, you know, give it 10 years, you know, what's going to be available for Joel to have in his hands. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just, it's so actually it's probably end up, it probably end up being a, uh, helpful because it's just everywhere you know, um, not just social media, but uh, interactive media and computers, iPads, they are everywhere. It will probably make him more cautious because he knows, he understands that it's dangerous. He knows, well, I don't know. You've got a younger brother that's 18. Yeah. Um, so he's quite a bit younger than you. 
Mm. And I've also got younger brothers who are twins who are 18, um, weirdly. Yeah. And do you feel like their approach to social media and stuff is different to yours purely because they've sort of grown up in it and we sort of adjusted into it as as we got older? Uh, I think he, I think my brother probably uses social media less than I do. He uses it yeah. purely. Uh, he uses, I suppose, he uses it slightly differently. So maybe uses different platforms. Yeah. Um, but he probably uses it less actually. Um, and for I guess for that reason, I'm more concerned about porn. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, well, that's inevitable. <laughs> if I'm being though. honest, it's just it is, yeah. I mean, but... it's just a different form. The the thing with porn, I'm not going. That's a whole can of worms. But the no, I didn't we mean were, to open that can. When we back, were teenagers, we still wanted to look at naked women. Um, but with our sort of, we we always had to be like um, private investigators. You know, you'd have a friend whose uncle had a, a porno mag in his loft that he'd found, and then it'd get passed around school, mm. and it would be pretty tame by today's standards and you'd be like whoa that's what a woman looks like naked and you would just confuse you really um but we you know i know how much i wanted to see a naked woman when i was a teenager that's just you know life so but but i didn't i don't know if it's good that i didn't have the access to everything all at once that bombardment because i remember the first time we ever got the internet in the house it's like 1999 or whatever and the first time i was left home alone with it it just like clicked on me like i felt like I'm a genius. I could look for anything on this. And I just typed sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then before anything came up, I closed the tab because I got worried, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think in 10 years time, it's going to be crazy. Like you think of what the internet was 10 years ago. I don't think it can get crazier though. No, it can. It, no, you don't understand. What, pornography? Like, everything can get infinitely... No, I'm not talking about pornography. Oh, right. I thought you meant porn. I was no. like, I think it's, it's hit a limit. I the feel internet. Like... I'm talking about the internet. But even no, but... porn could, because if you think about it, it's the, yeah. it's the oldest business in civilization, yeah. really, is sex. And, you know, if that sold, you know, many, many, many years ago, I don't know, yeah. we've been going on, like, it's going to count. Yeah. There's a demand if everything gets crazier, everything will get crazier in the same way. Yeah. Everything will adapt to the crazy new m- mode of use, you know. AR glasses. I mean, AR glasses and that, that's just enough. That's crazy enough. And then normalizing that and then what the next normal will be. Yeah, but Tis, you've got Oculus Rift. Yes. VR headset. And yes. at, the, at the beer festival, I said to you... You were talking about whatever video game you play on it, and I said to you, "Yeah, you don't, did." Don't yeah, tell yeah. me you haven't tried out porn on it just out of curiosity because you've got the the gizmo I, there. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out, and you said no. Yeah, I can tell you a hundred percent. I have not. That's okay. So I think my curiosity just... would go up with the better in me if because you've had that about no for a long time now. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, I admire your your honesty. It has four cameras on the front attached to a Facebook-owned company. Right. The curiosity killed the cat in that in that sense. So you're worried about what what someone else will see in your face when you're looking at porn? Uh, I'm worried on the both sides that you're worried that some CEO is going to see your O face. <laughs> well, that, but pornography itself is just no, just. In terms of VR, it's just too much. Right. 
you take you take it to the next level and then it's like it's just a whole new thing coming away from porn <laughs> oh, i'm sorry on, that i right. i'm sorry that i started it in the first place yeah. um so i i was just thinking about uh sort of being exposed to something and how that might change your your thoughts on that um uh, rachel's dad um always used to talk to Rachel's parents. She says, I always remember him saying about drugs and talking about how dangerous drugs were um, because a lot of his friends had died from overdosing or from, you know, it just becoming an addiction and getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. So for him, he was like, all of my friends have died from drug use. So this must be bad. So, you know, Rachel and Jack grew up understanding that and thinking okay so we'll keep away from drugs then and so i suppose maybe with my brother because he probably saw the way that me and my other brother were talking about social media and maybe the way we were using it it has caused him to probably use it less than i would expect he probably uses it more than less than me if i'm honest i don't know about dan and alf but um, i don't know if my brothers have that much respect for me um, <laughs> no, I, they, it's weird you saying that has actually sort of made me realise I actually don't think they use social media that much they either don't use it that much because I don't see them on Facebook I don't see them on Twitter I have those accounts I wouldn't have those accounts if it wasn't for the podcast I have those accounts so I can interact with listeners and that's the only reason I use them for um, but I don't see them they're not on they don't have Twitter accounts they have Facebook accounts mm. but they're like blank they're just for like using Messenger with family members so I'm like, oh, they must not use social media, but then they're probably using the social media that I'm probably on Snapchat. Old. Yeah, I'm probably way too old and lame for like the stuff they use in TikTok and that, isn't it? It's a shame. Like everything these days is so interlinked. Like I yeah. love this game on my iPad called Eight Ball Pool. Now I've got right. a Switch, so I'm sorted for gaming. Um, <laughs> but I was addicted to Eight Ball Pool, but it was connected right. to my Facebook, and I had made a lot of progress in that pool game. Um, But if I deleted Facebook, then I would delete Able Pool. So it was about weighing it up. Kept kept Uh, you hanging on. Yeah. But now I've got my Switch. It's all good. There's no Facebook. So so do you... How much social media do you you use, Sarah? I don't. I mean, I have got an Instagram account. I have got a Facebook account. Um, I probably check both once a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Mm. Um, I think partly because of time constraints, because of work. I think also I found that you know coming back home from work. I don't know. The last thing I want to see is what other people are doing that day. It really yeah. is. You know. I think that talking to people all day long. I'm sure Beef, you probably understand. Like being a teacher. I, I don't know what you guys do. Um. Uh, Tiss and Bob, but I feel like when you talk to people a lot during the day, sometimes you just need some peace and quiet. I have the great job. I don't have to talk to anyone during the day. I get to work, <laughs> put in my headphones and don't take them off till I get into my car at the end of the day. Oh, <laughs> how's that? That's a different contrast. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a plasterer, so I just get on site and uh, everyone leaves me alone. Oh, okay. And, and when I'm finished, I can go home. So I'm not one of the people who gets to work and goes... Oh, I'll have a cup of tea and chat to everyone. I don't want to talk to anyone there. No. I have nothing n- nothing to talk about with any of them. I'm just like, every minute I spend talking to you is a minute I could be at home when I'm done. That's the thing. And that, I think that's the hard thing about us, like, going into our 30s. Um, mm. I mean, I know, Beef, you've got um, 
A kid? One kid? Yeah, one, yeah. One on the way. Um, oh, congrats. Um, I don't have any children. Thanks. Um Bob, Tiss, do you? No. No. I no. sometimes feel that if we don't have children of ourselves, then our parents sort of still see us as being their kids. And mm. there's still that expectation, I feel, of checking in. You know. I don't. I don't really have that relationship with my parents so much. Not? My parents had me when they were quite young. Yeah. And then when I was older, well, not even that older. Like when I was still a kid, they divorced. And then when I was older, they then started their own families. So I always feel like my I've got two sisters on one side and two brothers on the other side. And they're my sisters in the early twenties now. My brothers are both eighteen. And it's like to me, I always feel like they're my parents kids and their family and I'm almost like the other family member like I always had a more matey relationship with my parents because I was like closer to their age than their kids were um <laughs> in a weird way I don't Do know you feel part of the yeah I don't feel excluded okay um yeah. I just don't feel the pressure of having to be like family unit all the time I can yeah. sort of uh, drift also they live opposite ends of the country my mum lives in Cumbria and my dad lives in Buckinghamshire and I live in Leeds, Wait, so I'm like a three-hour three hour drive. <laughs> yeah, Buckinghamshire. Yeah. Um, so it's like a three-hour drive to each of them. So I've got like, it's, I can get down there in like three hours if I need to. But also, I, I feel like I have like a good distance <laughs> with yeah. like family stuff, like in a way that I'm happy with. Um, yeah. Not, not that I don't love my family. That sounds really uh, negative. No, no, no. <laughs> I agree. I mean, like, yeah, like I was at work on Saturday and then... Um, so my mum lives in Milton Keynes and I go and see her. Yeah, Milton Keynes. Um, and, you know, when you don't see your mum or your dad for a while, it's mm. the same old questions, isn't it? Like, how are you? How's work? Um, yeah. What, yeah, what's new? What's going on? Are you eating okay? And it's just like, oh, God, just like... My mum rings me all the time because um, she's like a 20-minute drive from her house from her work. So she'll like ring me maybe once a week on one of those drives home. And she does it to my sister. I know my sister, she does the same to them. So it's probably like, I'll do Bob on a Monday, Abby on a Tuesday. Or Alice lives down the road, so she ain't got to ring her. But like, she will call us on that 20 minutes. So she just checks in. How's it going? How's, how's you know, your studies? How's work? Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's good. It. It's boundaries. Yeah. And then she goes, I'm going out of reception now to because there's a bit where she goes over a hill and there's no telephone reception and that's we don't even say goodbye she just disappears and then i carry on cooking uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah so yeah and i spoke to my dad like i text my dad all the time i have a really good relationship with my parents but it's not like very mumsy and dadsy it's more like friends and yeah. then their kids are their kids in a weird way and I can't how, remember how, we got how do that. you guys feel about <laughs> your changes in terms of skepticism do you feel like it's a negative thing, a positive thing? Are you worried about the pod? Are you worried about yourselves? Go on, Tiss, you go first. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if I see it in positive or negative terms, but I guess I must lean a certain way. Uh, yeah, maybe negative. Maybe it's negative for, for material for the pod. I'd, I'd definitely say that. I think... Um, I find it hard to research episodes because there are certain conspiracies now that are sort of like in a a bracket that we just don't really have any interest in. And the rest are kind of touched by that side as well, you know? Mm. 
Um, although I found a conspiracy book with loads of like old school, just printed ones, which aren't on the internet. So fun stuff, X Files stuff. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah mod- modern conspiracies all give me a headache, and it really yeah. <laughs> turned me. It's off the old that ones that were very simple and ambiguous. Yeah. It's the ones that go into great detail and like pepper you with like fifty articles of just nothing that make you think like, oh, what? they really have nothing. But just a little <laughs> line in a book, the ambiguity that it's like, oh, but someone might know more than that. It's that's the mystery. That's the that's the fun part. It's brilliant though because that that is a relic from a, a less connected world. They ha- they couldn't corroborate any of this evidence, so it's just like. You know, a yeah. conspiracy could spread through word of mouth and they would sometimes be really ludicrous. If you think of it in today's terms, you'd be like, well, that's nonsense. Why would anyone ever believe that? But we can sort of yeah. fact check everything so quickly now. Everything's instant mm. that those yeah. ludicrous ones would have never got off the ground. Oh, I, But then, then it baffles me how these ludicrous ones now do get off the ground. Like, you know, all the corona conspiracies. I'm, we've actually had people request that we do an episode on that stuff, and I'm just like, if you're waiting nah, for us to no. do that, it will never happen. I'm not no. touching that no. stuff. I don't. We'll get too angry. That just made me think, actually. Yeah. It's, a sort of, it's a question for you, Beef. Um, mm. um, and I'm sort of asking you this sort of based on my own personal experiences as well. So mm. I... I'm Iraqi by background, but I was born here. Uh, but my parents are Muslim, uh, but relatively liberal, but they practice, they believe, etc. Um, mm. I grew up, you know, being made to believe in mm-hmm. Islam. And I think as I got older, and especially as I got into mental health, I started to have a lot more skepticism around religion. And... Mm. I don't know, I think for you, how does that link to your faith? Because, you know, for me, I suppose as a psychiatrist, if I'm on call, I see a lot of patients that might have, you know, what we call delusional beliefs, quotation marks, that they might be like the next prophet or the next messenger, etc. But, you know, these days we just sort of fob it off as, mental health problem, this person needs to be, like, sectioned, if there's risks, etc. How, like, for you, how can you separate the two without sounding offensive in terms of your religious <laughs> beliefs? Um, sorry, I feel like... Sorry, I'm trying to think... Um, so say the question again, sorry. So, yeah, so, so basically... For you, so how does my faith fit? Yeah, yeah. So obviously you've got you've got a belief in Christianity, and yeah. how do you not know that back then that wasn't part of a mental illness? I think uh, when I look back at uh, my childhood, I think the way that my parents. So I was brought up in a Christian family. Uh, my dad wasn't a Christian. Uh, but then became a Christian before he married my mum. Um, and I remember going to church every week, and that was just what we did, and it was fine. Uh, and then one day they just they gave me the choice, I, I guess, when it was like appropriate to leave a child at home on their own. Like, I don't know, 12, 13, I can't remember. Um, and... 
Uh, I just remember kind of exploring, no, and no, I don't want to go to church. You know, what happens if I don't go? Um, and uh, cutting a really long story short, I'm really grateful that that's the approach that they took rather than just keep kind of forcing me to go, keep making me, um, yeah, go with them uh, because it allowed me space to think about it myself and... Uh, so my mum was really young when she had me and my grandparents were super, um, I mean, bearing in mind how they could have reacted, um, uh, at the time, I think they were in a Baptist church or something like that. My, my grandparents are very conservative, you know, quite strict, um, uh, bearing in mind they could have reacted quite badly. They, they didn't, they reacted really well and really supported my mum. And, uh, so I guess, my mum was conscious of maybe doing the same thing and trying to be, trying to give me space, trying to allow me to make it my faith if I want to and for it to not be something I do just because I'm told to or it's what we do as a family. So um, so I did lots of exploring, lots of thinking and uh, then did eventually come back to church when I was about 17. Once I kind of thought a lot of stuff through, I figured out that actually it was what I wanted. And uh, I think since then, again, I'm kind of like hammering through stuff. But I think uh, my studies have helped a lot. So I think, um, you know, in reading the Bible, it's full of people who, you know, doubted God and had periods of time when they were really angry at God and they lost a lot of stuff and their lives were not going very well. And so we can, I can mirror with a lot of stuff and I can often open the Bible and see me in it. I can see me in some, you're like, Oh, you know, it's not, it's not this perfect book where everything goes perfectly well for everyone all the time. It's, it feels real. It looks like real life. You know, people experience pain and suffering in the way that we do. So it's probably helped me in many ways. Um, and and I think because my parents allowed me all that time and space to... Um, and I asked my mum about this a few months ago and I sort of mentioned that we talked about it on the pod and I said, did you... Was it like a big deal to you that you were waiting? Like, were you waiting for me to make the right decision, the right decision. Um, and she said, no, she said, I don't think so. She said, you're your own person. You need to do what's right for you. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if she was lying. I don't think she was lying. My mum's like me. She's a terrible liar. It's like, you can just tell when, you know, um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I feel like, um, weirdly, my faith has probably helped me, particularly since I, um, did my BA, finished my BA last year. It's, um, yeah, it's been really helpful. Yeah, it makes me kind of jealous. I, I kind of wish I had faith in a way. Yeah, I've said that before. Yeah. You know what, Beef? Being asked questions by someone um, in the profession, I feel mm. like you answered that very seriously and openly. I feel like you're in the chair. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm in the chair, yeah. <laughs> you, you said you were nervous about being asked stuff. I wondered how you felt then. I guess so. Let's all just analyse beef. How did you feel about that beef? Yeah. <laughs> and also, actually, beef, why were you nervous? Like, is there a reason? Like, uh... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just, 
I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just like normal human stuff. Like, I don't want to sound like an idiot or say it's the too wrong late thing. for that. No, I know. <laughs> Think of the stuff you said on this show. I know, I know. Um, I one question I have for you guys then, like, if you've just curious, and I don't know whether I could probably just answer this question in my head anyway, but so you both say like, oh, I wish I could have a faith. Mm. Um, do I don't? No, no, you don't. That's fine. That's why I just said these two. I do have a faith. Yeah. Um. So, Tiz, sorry. What would you what would you describe your faith as before Beef carries on his question to me, saying I have a faith so defiantly like that? My faith is that I have faith that everything that is happening is is what is has happened is going to happen, and uh, yeah, I just have faith that whatever's happening is happening for a reason, or not even for a reason, but it's just it is. There's there's no I don't have everything is zero mm. faith that I know what's going on. I've Hundred percent faith that I don't know what's going on. If that makes sense. Mm. And I'm gonna. I choose to know that I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna go back to that test, by the way. Okay, so please carry on your question, and then we'll come back to that. Suppose my question is, um, where you say I'm trying to articulate it, and where you say that you wish you had a faith. Yeah. Is is that because, like in my mind. When you say that, it sounds like a, you know a nice thing to say. But the other side of that coin is: Do you guys feel like um, maybe I've kind of given up on my journey of thought and left my brain somewhere oh, to right. settle for a faith because that's easier than no, no. I'm not articulating I, this very well, but no, I know what you're trying to ask. So, my... is it like what I'm saying is? Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could Just, be that mindless. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think people are free to believe whatever they want and people will believe what they do believe in their heart. Like things will happen and they will believe what they see, believe what they read, believe whatever. Um, and if people are going to believe whatever, that's cool. That's fine with me. I just don't. So for me to go mm. along with it would be like lying to myself like, I wish yeah, yeah. I I wish I believed that because then it would make my life easier. It's not like that. It's like um I think people have a faith are so sure in what they believe in because that's what faith is. They have such a right. security in their life because well this is what I believe and I know I believe it and then I've got a basis to to plan my life around and I'm like wow you lucky bugger you landed on something that you really believe right, in you and mean. you've got like a basis for your life. Whereas I'm just like floating around all the time, like I don't know, I don't know what I believe in, I don't know what I'm doing. Like mm. I, it's it's like a lack of grounding, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. But then I don't. F- I was gonna say I don't feel ungrounded, but maybe I do feel ungrounded. I still don't own a house. I'm still renting. I still have not finished any form of education. I've um, I don't like my job, and I've done it my whole life. Um, like I don't have much of a grounding, and I never really have. I think. Um... I, yeah, I think that makes that makes sense. Uh, and I guess my I, what I would say in response to that is that I think if you have, um, well, not everyone obviously, but most people that have a faith, I think you, it's you don't have an answer for everything all the time. I think you, you know, so for example, I've read three books in the last year on on COVID. Like it is unbelievable how quickly theologians can write books 
on on a topic. Um, and I found all three of them to be really interesting and really honest and open and just really, um, like I pondered it quite a lot and thought about it over the last year because it doesn't, there is no answer for that. There's nothing in the Bible that tells me how to think when a pandemic affects every country in the planet. Like I don't have a framework for that at all. So, but I think what my faith allows me to do, it's not necessarily that you're content all the time or that you always have an answer or that you're just kind of like going along. Well, this is what we do. So this is, this is the response. This is what I do. This is what the Bible says. And you're drilling it into yourself. You're just, you're just exploring what that means for you in the context of your faith. So I don't have an answer for the pandemic, but I can, I know I can look to the Bible because it is full of people who have questions and always doubt and always question their faith. You know, you read, you read the Psalms and it's full of the Psalmists talking about how they doubt God and how they fear this and they have, and it feels real. So I guess faith isn't always being completely sure or having complete contentment or having joy all the time or feeling even like you've made it or you've, this is it. This is what I'm putting all my money on. It's just a continual journey or, or exploring different things that happen. Did any um, of them books end on the last page by saying, in summary, God works in mysterious ways? <laughs> Thankfully not, no. Um, no. Do you know, no, I, really, so, I think for yeah. me it was the opposite. I, I did have faith growing up and then I lost it when I became mm-hmm. an adult. And I sort of understand what you're saying about sort of reading around and stuff. But I think once I turned about 18, 19, you know, I'd never drunk a sip of alcohol. I've never mm. done anything naughty. <laughs> Quotation marks yeah. thing is people can't see us on Zoom. Um, but I felt that, you know, being told about a religion from a very young age and being told about heaven, hell, very two extremes created a fear of ang- uh, fear of fear within me. Right. And when I became an adult, I sort of thought to myself, well, how can I make a justified decision about what faith I'm going to follow, considering I've not read the Torah, I've not read the Bible, I've not read the Quran, you know? It's just mm. about hearsay from what people are telling me. Um, mm. And for me, it didn't feel convincing. But at the time, when I did have that faith, I'm not going to lie, it probably came from a place of fear. You know, if you do something wrong then something bad is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And so doing that act of prayer would almost be uh, comparing it to sort of like mental health kind of stuff, like an OCD kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you've got an obsession and then the compulsion is then to sort of pray or do whatever to get rid of that anxiety and that obsession. And I think for me, that was the point where I lost it all. Mm. Right. And to be honest, that's probably when my mental health started to deteriorate a little bit. And Mm. I developed low mood and depression because I think that religion is a very good protective factor for people that have difficulties. You know, I Mm. think that it gives a lot of relief for a lot of people. Almost kind of what I was saying before about it giving you a, a grounding like a, some, yeah. a central point in your life which okay well this is my faith and then I, I live around this I think people with a faith it's very integral to their lifestyle and who they are because it's 
you know, deep rooted in in their identity. Yeah. Uh, so if yeah. you have that and then cut it out, you've really got a big adjustment to sort of work mm. with, and it is going to affect you. Yeah. 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 I, I've and I've seen that I really level with what you were saying about fear and fear being the driving factor behind behind people's faith. I've seen that and. Um, I know people for whom their faith is very transactional. So if I just behave like this, then God won't, mm. God will heal me or God will do this. Or um, if I just pray, then it'll make things better. Or, yeah, tip for know, tat. It's not, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not really shouldn't be how it works. God is some kind of like cosmic, like, I don't know, like fruit machine. That if you just try and, <laughs> work the buttons the right way, then you're going to get a result. And um, I, again, I keep saying it, but I, I despair when I see people live. I, I just find it difficult because I, I, I think, well, you must be reading a different Bible to me because that's not how people approach God. And it's not, um, it's just not the way it works in, in my mind. So I, 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 yeah, I do sort of, I do feel for people. I've, I've got friends and I've, who, have frankly lost their minds in the last five years. American friends who have oh, right. completely changed. And and that's, I guess it's kind of unsettled me a bit because you're like, I just hmm. feel um, like they're lost. They've just kind of gone down this abyss. And like you say, it's re- it, it must affect their mental health. And I think, whereas on the other hand, for me, I, I mean, I'm not saying I get everything right all the time and I'm not saying my faith is amazing and I'm the most fantastic christian around but i i feel like in the last 18 months where i've found things difficult or maybe you know we're in the in the midst of another lockdown and it's just been really gloomy you know awful time then i have found solace in my faith it's been the thing that's kept me going so i think it depends on it depends on your theology it depends on how you read the bible and how you interpret or or whatever um, religious text there is for you it, it depends on how depends on how you look at it it depends on what you you get from it and how you interpret what's in front of you i think yeah mm. um sorry it's been very very me heavy for the last 20 minutes i'm sorry if i've been going well this is what it's been secretly all about beef we've been planning this <laughs> <Yeah>. invention yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if i'm answering any of your questions about skepticism but you know no, it's just a <laughs> There's no set questions. We just like having people on to talk about things. When you have different people on, yeah, conversations go in different ways. That's why we just wanted. Let's just have four episodes in a row. We have four different people, and it's roughly similar conversations, but focusing on different aspects of it. Okay. And um, yeah, so this is this is who we are. So this yeah. is and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's all about who we are. Tis. Your faith. Let me know. My faith? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just the faith that I just don't know what's going on, so I shouldn't have to worry about it. Okay, Um, yeah. I I lean towards um, there being something more than there being nothing. I find it much harder to believe there's nothing. And there's, there's just so many different things it could be nothing is just another one of those options and it shouldn't have for me it doesn't have any more like relevance than any others but it could be nothing but you and know. i know you guys did an episode on simulation theory i can't remember yes. who posted that yeah was that, was that we talked 
me and we talked about that really early on but recently i I revisited the topic with rick who's our fourth host who drops in sort of once a series yeah so tis i don't know just a quick question like in terms of what you've said about you know your faith and you know not really knowing what's happening what's gonna happen etc what are your thoughts on simulation theory do you think that yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting one yeah i mean it seems like i don't know if they say is it statistically the most likely thing that's happening is that what they some scientists have been quoted on saying a l- i guess no lot one knows of scientists but... say it's more likely that we're living in a simulation than we're not yeah it makes total sense if a computer can simulate reality then maybe it has and maybe this is the simulation that's that's it, it makes sense I think the, the idea is if you if you can perceive of a future in which we could create digital worlds that felt as real as reality, which we can. If if climate change doesn't wipe us out before we get a supercomputer powerful enough to simulate everything. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine that happening? Yes, it probably did. Presuming, presuming we haven't created it already, because, I mean, I'm not exactly on the grapevine of uh, AI quantum mechanics, you know, but uh, once they do, then... Once they do, then there's no there's no difference between whether we're in the simulation or not. We're going to be simulated, so everything becomes a bit hairy. But all things to look forward to. It doesn't really matter if we're simulated, <laughs> though, does it? That's what I've come to. That uh, no, 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 it doesn't matter because uh, whether we are or not, this is still our life. I mean, it, so we still it, live it. It does. It doesn't matter for the now. It matters obviously when it when it does matter because then there'll be ramifications but for for the for the right now yeah i, I guess so for us for the individual if you're living in a simulation yeah if you want to if you yeah we don't know anything okay. else yeah even if so, even if i knew i was it wouldn't change the way i live because i'm still like well okay well this is still my life and these are still the boundaries of my life yeah. they're actually no different yeah. before i just know more about them but yeah I, i'm not going to jump out of a machine if, if i'm made of code i might as well still live my life like <laughs> i was and enjoy it <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't take the is it the blue pill or the red pill One oh of them. fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although that's that's got, the, that's got bad connotations now so don't take yeah, any of those exactly. what's the red pill the red pill that's that's uh, something right you go down the rabbit hole no, it, you find out okay isn't red you stay in the machine you stay in the machine and don't want to accept that anything's real. Well, one of I'm going to Google it now because and blue is that you you embrace the world for what it is, even if it's uglier. Isn't the kind of isn't that saying, because all the bla- like, all the bad people are like blue pilling is all like oh wake up sheeple you need to take the blue pill and see what's really is it, going is on. Is it blue pilling? Is that blue pilling or is it red yeah. pilling? Because I, I I don't know. I forget. Do you know how many times <laughs> I've seen the Matrix and I still forget which way around it is because when those people talk, I just. I zone them out. Guys, I've got it. The thing I think is, I think the the thing is, is when someone offers you them, they're going to tell you which one's which, so you don't have to store it in your yeah. mind forever. Morpheus <laughs> didn't just say take a pill, <laughs> wink. He he, t- he explained to Neo what take they were. Whatever pill you think you should take. Do you but know? He explained what they were I've very never vaguely. watched The Matrix before. You've never watched it? No. It's fantastic. Oh it's really, God. really good. Morpheus is God in that in that sense, isn't he? Here's yeah. the choice. The choice is yours. The answer is, is, like I said, to the blue pill, as narrated, the blue pill will allow the subject to remain in the fabricated reality of the Matrix. Oh, so I got it the wrong way around. Right, okay. so the it's red, red pill, yeah. As, 
Red Reptile. serves as a location device to locate the subject's body in the real world and to prepare them to be unplugged from the Matrix. Yeah. So this is what, Bob, Bob, you would take the blue pill. Tis, you're red. Would I take the red? Um, I don't know, you're looking red right now. <laughs> you're glowing oh, yeah. red. <laughs> <laughs> this is not any uh, a representation of my acceptance of the red pill. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd, I'd probably stay here. This is all right. We've got cool stuff. Jungle. I don't know what sort of music they have outside. Yeah, because earlier you said Curiosity killed the cat because you didn't want to use VR porn. <laughs> so there's the there's the dude in it who takes the pill and comes into the real world and he misses the simulated world so much he like makes a deal to get back into it because he's like I know the steak isn't real but it tasted so delicious I just I don't care if it's not real I want to eat it again. Yeah, exactly. Rather than yeah, the, like, sure. the slot, like the porridge they got to eat down and. I like porridge. Unless you want yeah, to be a monster. It's in the food that's in there. It's gross. Yeah, it's not porridge. It's like grey slop. <laughs> but they but they're, they would rather have it because it's real. Yeah. But you can download, like, Kung Fu and stuff. You could yeah, be taught Kung Fu and all that sort of stuff. And then when you go back into the Matrix, you can be a G. But your soul yeah. is essentially dead. That's, that's what it is. You've yeah. been crushed by the realisation. But I, I can't remember what the original question was. I just talked about the so <laughs> All about simulation theory. Yeah. Simulation theory, yeah. I think we've worked out Zara needs to go and watch The Matrix. That's what. Well, that's the real takeaway. Yeah. I think we left it at Bob. Bob, Bob wouldn't leave the simulation because it, it doesn't matter, essentially, is what Bob was saying. That was it. I mean, it I'm going to really be miserable either way, aren't I? I think that um, if you could, if, if, if you believe in loads of different realities, why not live in a good one? Why not just just be like, cool, I'm just going to believe that this happens and it's kind of comforting. Yeah. Like being infinite is quite comforting because then you go back to the infinite source of energy from the universe. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a nice little image. But yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you, Tess. I mean, sometimes I've had patients that have been like 100% convinced that they're part of a simulation, you know, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. But... I suppose, from a clinical point of view, when we think about mental health disorders, it's all about how it impacts that person's lifestyle, you know? Are there Mm. any risks involved? If so, do they need to be in hospital? But there are some people out there that just have these thoughts. Um, Some people might call them delusions. Um, I suppose the definition of a delusion is a thought that is not congruent with your own cultural norms, which to me mm. seems very subjective. And considering we're living in a very multicultural society, I can see how that can be subjective. And, yeah. you know, if I meet someone that thinks that they're in a simulation and for them it's a protective factor and it's the way they live their life to the best, then why mm. not, you know? Yeah, totally. I was that, I was actually going to ask you something like that. Would would you consider that as someone who works in like the mental health field? Is that healthy? If it's a delusion that makes someone happier, is it actually healthy to leave them in that delusion? Yeah, hundred percent. Man, I'm jealous of that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a very strong one hundred percent idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. To give an example, obviously, I can't give like details because of confidentiality yeah, yeah, issues, but. I saw a patient who had um, schizoaffective disorder, 
um, which is basically sort of a crossover between schizophrenia and bipolar. Uh, so they've got like the psychotic component and then also the mood components. They can have the highs, the lows that you would get with bipolar. This particular patient had um, a delusion whereby her and a famous musician were very much in love. And this lady, unfortunately, had gone through a lot of trauma in her past. Um, she's alone. She's isolated. There's no support network. And in a way, I feel that this delusion of this, you know, love relationship between her and the famous person was kind of like a defense mechanism for her Mm. so that she could sort of, you know, get away from the fact that she is lonely and her family have abandoned her. And I suppose as a professional, you have to know the boundary between exploring the delusion, quotation marks, as well as pushing it. Because um, for her, you know, it, say, for example, I pushed it too far and I was like, that's not true. These are the facts, etc., etc. You know, that's her protective factor gone. Yeah, and that can make it get worse. Yeah. So mm, there are yeah. a lot of people with chronic mental health problems that have what we call residual symptoms that they just sort of have and it keeps them going, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure, you know, you guys have probably seen them like on the streets, you know, people that seem a little bit on the mental health side of the spectrum, um, but aren't doing anything aggressive or anything risky. And at times it's best to just let them be that way, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as they're looking after themselves, they're taking their medication, it's not escalating, I don't see a problem. Um, mm. But I think mm. the interesting thing about psychiatry is that, you know, in terms of the medical profession, it, it's quite new. A lot of right. medical doctors don't have a lot of understanding about psychiatry. It's ever evolving, you know, um, like there's still lots of research, for example, like the use of ketamine in terms of treatment of depression, which is, you know, it's getting there. Uh, there's still a lot we don't know, um, and that's why I think ketamine. Yeah, ketamine. Wow, that's something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. That yeah, that's amazing. Don't don't be buying that. Don't be buying that on the street. <laughs> yeah, you don't self-prescribe it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like obviously, like you know, it's like with cannabis, like in the US and like yeah, places, yeah, you know, yeah. like it has to be regulated and like gone through. Yeah, countries. sure. You can't just go and find it somewhere. You need, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you hear that, Tess? <laughs> but like scientifically, it works on like the similar receptors that antidepressants do. So. Mm. Mm. Technically, mm. microdosing on a bit of ketamine that's regulated by trials is that any worse than antidepressants? Really? Probably better. I just, I feel like I went on such a tangent right there. I'd... No, not at all. No, no, not at all. So, my mum suffers really badly with mental health. She's been on antidepressants for a, like a long time. Really, like, I can't. Yeah, for as long as I can remember. Um, and I think, yeah, I would. At this stage, I'm like, I, yeah, try anything, you know, because a lot of the medication she's been on hasn't worked very well or, um, yeah, it's not helped her as much as she would hope. And I would, 
give anything to see her get out of it because I can remember what she was like before she um, suffered in the way that she does. So, yeah, maybe pick her up maybe some, some ketamine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happy like, birthday, mum. Find... <laughs> 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 Open wide. Here's a little baggie for you. Just for I, got, <laughs> I got you a cake and it's in the shape of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no. It's good to add humor to these things. Um, it really is. Um, but I mean, like beef. Like, yeah. I hope she's okay. Um, I know. Um, yeah. Uh, Bob, the next bit might need to be edited. Uh, just to let you know. Beef. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, beef. Like a few weeks ago, my brother. So I've got two brothers. My middle brother. Um, was still living at home and my mum rang and she was like, there's something wrong with your brother. He's been like really miserable all night. And I was like, well, he probably just had a bad day at work. I not worry about it. Um, and she was like, no, he's really off. He's just, he's not behaving himself and he's, I'm not really sure what's going on. Anyway, so it turns out further down the line, he realised he'd accidentally taken some of her um, antidepressants. Um, How did you accidentally do that? Because um, <laughs> my mum... Because my mum takes so many tablets every day, she packs them. She packs them into a box, and the box that she put them in was an antihistamine box. Oh right! So he picked it up. <laughs> Safe. And I said, I said, aren't they different to like, uh, you know, they must look. She was like, no, 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 they do look like they're small and they're quite like oval. She said they do look like antihistamine. So if you just quickly pop an antihistamine, you might you not have noticed. No, okay. no, exactly. But he really did notice. But what, yeah. why so, is it? Why did he want to do that? Like, what? What was he looking for? He was he was trying to take an antihistamine, and I, he picked up this antihistamine like, box. What, an that allergy was, or anxiety? Yeah, I think just hay fever. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's, he's just an idiot. Like <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Yeah. I do feel like me and Tiss are kind of sitting in on a on Pete's personal yeah. session a little bit, like oh, I should go. <laughs> <laughs> you guys feel like you're intruding. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. No, you you guys know that. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. We've we've talked a lot about mental health and either our own mental health or we've talked. You know, we've talked about our families and. Yeah. And yeah, let, let of... me know if you're like uncomfortable at any point. I mean, no, uh, no, the same likewise. Yeah. No, no. It's interesting to talk about it. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. I, yeah. With with lots of mental health issues, like you can't just. It's like yeah, the worst thing you can say is, "Well, just snap out of it. Just don't think about it. Don't worry yeah. about it." You know. Yeah. Which I really find frustrating because when people talk about physical health, it's like um, like every day, you know, oh, you know, make sure that you get your vitamin D because there's not enough sunlight. But every day, no one's ever like, you know, make sure you do this because you've got mental health. You know, feels like mm-hmm. mental health is something that happens if there's a problem. Which mm-hmm. is not the case. Mm. It is always there, like our physical health, and in a controversial way. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this is going to sound a bit extreme. But my sense is that these days, mental health is being glamorized in the incorrect way. Um, mm-hmm. I think using Olympians as an example, without sounding too much like a dick. 
I think it's very easy for people to say, oh, I was feeling depressed or anxious mm-hmm. that day, so I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. But something that has been completely neglected in the media are the people who have got schizophrenia or psychosis, you know, mm. or, I mean, bipolar was fashionable, you know, a few years ago or why, mm. whatnot because of Stephen Fry. But the people with schizophrenia and psychosis are the people that those in the community are afraid of because people don't like seeing someone who is talking to themselves or making unusual gestures. And at the end of the day, these are the people that have got the most debilitating mental health problems that create Mm. the biggest impact on employment education, access to finances, access to housing. And for me, I feel that's fact. Um, Coming from a sort of conspiracy point of view, I do feel that perhaps there is more emphasis on the the depression and the anxiety because people usually get over them quite quickly and they get back to work. But you know, the people with schizophrenia, like, we give them drugs that give them diabetes and high cholesterol and they have large weight and they don't do much in society. So I can see how people would just write them off. And mm, for I, me, I think, that's something I'm really passionate about. I think when it comes to things like depression and anxiety, I think most people can understand those easier and relate to them because they're most people at some point in their life have been like oh yeah i was depressed or i was i i understood like what it was like to have anxiety in this situation obviously Mm. there's some people who they have serious anxiety all the fucking time um and for some people they have serious depression like like we're literally just talking about and, and stuff i've struggled with over the years but it's i think because people can relate to those easier they are the ones that come up more and then maybe are glamorized a little bit, like you say. Um, and the other things aren't quite so easy to relate to or they don't come across those things as often. So it's still different and scary or unknown. Mm. But then and you don't like, know how to... Think about how many Sorry. people use drugs mm. in society, you know, and having an experience to hallucinogenics is not far off from what it is to be psychotic. Right. You know, and I don't know if you guys have touched upon this in previous pods, but, you know, people that get illusions when they're going off to sleep or waking up, you know, that sort of like... Oh, like sleep paralysis stuff. Yeah, like sleep. Yeah, we spoke about that stuff yeah. quite early on, yeah. That's not far off from being psychotic. So mm. considering how prevalent mm. that is in the population, I do think that there needs to be more of an understanding. Yeah, definitely lack of awareness. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I think the good thing that's... I think what's happened is, um, so I, I used to work in an additional needs school and so worked with children with very hang- high anxiety and um, got to witness firsthand how that affects their behaviour and just everyday living is, is a nightmare because of sensory overload or all sorts of things going, going on. Um, but I think, so my understanding of, of that has developed um, significantly over the years um, but I think, and I think because of that, we're only really, as a society, 
beginning to accept that people might be different or they might live differently to you or they might have issues that just yeah. because you can't you know it's the the age old you know disability isn't might not be something you can see um and so i think what's happened is we've become aware all of a sudden that your mental health could be bad your mental health could be poor in the same way that your physical health could be poor at any time any one of us could have poor mental health and that's um so i think that's that's helpful but like you say it's probably got to the point where everyone and bobby you just said it as well like everyone likens themselves to it and um yeah we do get people yeah lots of people probably get forgotten it's it's weird because there's a it's like a real i i got a real issue with it because in modern society everyone's all on about like you need to be more open about your mental health if you've got depression you need to like speak up about it if you've got anxiety you need to speak up about it. you need to talk to people blah, blah blah and then like so i won't name the company but i worked for a company um before i went back to being self-employed again when i first moved to leeds and um their charity of the year was mind uh mental health charity and um i had said to them that i when i started working for them i was going through a real rough patch and i said one day i came in and i i couldn't talk to customers i couldn't do it i said i've, I've got to go high i was actually sent home because I, I was having a real bad day and um then I had to speak about it to, you know, whoever their professional was on staff or whatever, all this stuff. And um, they took away my VIP days, which are like the days you can have if you have an emergency or whatever. Um, you can have this day off or whatever. Someone's wedding. Okay, I need this day off. I've got to go to someone's wedding. Well, they took it off because they sent me home because I was having um, a bad depression. I couldn't deal with customers. And I said, that's bullshit. You're advertising yourself as being... Um, sort of I don't know understanding people's mental health issues and stuff and then at the same time you're not if I went home with a cold you wouldn't with the flu you wouldn't have taken my VIP day but mm. apparently we're giving all our money to charity and to mind because it's a buzzword at the moment to about mental health and we're all supporting it you sent me home because of depression reason and you took away my VIP day do you not think that's going to make me even more depressed I needed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's very popular at the moment for companies to be like, we're supporting mental health, we're doing this, but actually it's all just like bollocks and it's all for like the posters and actually they don't really get it or understand any of it or give a shit. Yeah. People are very supportive of uh, mental health redemption, but not supportive of mental health, like the constant mental health. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you said before, the mm. hypocrisy that people will look at themselves and go, oh shit, I can be anxious. But this person's a little too anxious for my liking. It's like the hypocrisy mm -hmm. that people can make that distinction. Yeah. Like my inability to get on the phone and talk to a customer that day was so severe that it was almost like, you know, someone is a runner and they've broken their leg. They, they're not going to be able to run. Like why I couldn't pick up that phone. Mm. Yeah. Um, so... That's that's the side of the of the mental health stuff in in the media that pisses me off. Like every yeah, company is yeah. all over it, and it's, it's and also it's, your own personal experience. And you know, it saddens me. Um, yeah. Oh, don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not worried. But it's just a reiteration of the you know, I don't know, hypocrisies and whatnot. Yeah, um, it's it's nonsense. I definitely can relate to the psychosis and psychedelics thing as well because I, I've spoken to other people about this as well. Someone else who I know who is a 
Oh, I've got to be careful. I think it's psychiatric nurse as well. She yeah. works somewhere, a hospital somewhere. She That's was talking all right. about. That's what she, we need to know. She, she works with. Um, oh, she she worked in an Alzheimer uh, ward for quite a while, and she was saying that her experience dealing with people on acid really prepared her for that life because it is about supporting the reality that they're living in, not trying to snap them out of it. It's going with the flow of whatever the hell's going on in their head. And uh, having done psychedelics, you can definitely relate to that thing a lot a lot better. Because mm. going through a trip is you're just, you know, you, you kind of do lose your mind a little bit. Yeah, and you do. And I guess when it comes to thinking about people going into hospital or, you know, more intense care, you've just <clears throat> got to think about risks, you know? Like, are these yeah. people going to self-harm kill themselves are they gonna not look after themselves or is it just like a happy little delusion and belief yeah, they yeah. have which and you know no offense beef but you know like i've been religious before and i know there are a lot of people that are very much into religion and i suppose for me for the, some people it could be comparable mm-hmm Hmm. That's not a word, is it? Comparable. 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 We know what you, we know what you meant. Contalized <laughs> science for A levels. Yep. <laughs> I'm the one who's going to be picky about that. As soon as I study English language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bad combo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I sub- I've got a question. Um, hmm. So, who's it for, or just a general? For Zara, no, you know, it's for Zara, I guess. So. Would you say, I mean, I, I obviously I don't know, I've not researched, I don't, I really wouldn't have a clue, um, but would you say that our understanding of mental health has developed to the point now where we just recognise it more, or is there a genuine mental health crisis, is it, is it quote unquote getting worse, is it, or is it just maybe that we're, un, it's unfolding before our eyes, we're understanding it more, we're learning more. Okay, sorry, can you you split that into different part of questions? Yeah, sorry. So, so, um, is, is there, like, so we we talk about there being, like, a mental health crisis, Mm -hmm. um, or that's the phrase that's kind of banded around a lot. Is that genuinely, if, in terms of what we've seen in decades past, is that the case, or is it just that, Maybe we're recognising mental health issues more these days. Okay, let me answer each one one by one. Okay, so in terms of that one, um, okay, mental health crisis. Um, I think that there has always been a mental health crisis. And Mm. I think, personally, when the media talk about the strains on mental health, I don't think it's a new thing. I think it's been something that has been going on for many, many years. And I think there's been underfunding and... I think maybe for other reasons, Um, considering Mm. what I said before about how a lot of mental health patients are unemployed, are on benefits, Um, a lot of people are into drugs and alcohol, which again puts a massive strain on society and taxpayers' income. in terms of how it's progressed from the decade to the past, um, I think it's sort of similar to what we said before. I think that, you know, it's always been there, 
But I wonder whether there's a specific reason for it to be more prominently known now. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I'm trying to feed into you guys this conspiracy. I was going to say you're trying to get... You're trying yeah, to hook us on conspiracy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, no, not at all. No, that's answered my question uh, really well. Thank you. I was just curious because it's something that's... Yeah, I, I wondered whether actually it's just... It's probably always been the case. It's just now we're far more aware of yeah. of it and... Yeah. And in terms of, uh, like, service provision, um, you know, I've been working in the NHS for eight years, uh, doing psychiatry for six years. Um, Over the pandemic, we've still been able to do everything we're able to do for mental health patients, you know, in terms of video appointments, telephone ones. I've actually noticed a bit of a difference in the sense that the people that had pre-existing long-standing mental health issues um, would often be the ones that would be quite happy about the fact that they didn't have to come in, Um, you know, and I don't know whether there's an element of anxiety to that, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. 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 Mm. And you had more questions, sorry, Beef. Uh, no, I think that was I think that was it. That's it. Um, so I just wanted to. I was just curious to pick your brains over it. Um, yeah. I've just got a friend who just started working for Cams. Oh yeah. Um, and um, I I mean we we always working in an additional needs school. I I knew how overwhelmed it is, and and other um organisations like it are just so overwhelmed with case numbers and clients and patients and yeah so I I'd sort of yeah kind of knew that that was maybe kind of the case but it's, it is it is worrying it's it's really yeah concerning it is I mean like the service is still the same as it was before but I don't know as I said it's a sort of long standing crisis um, I don't think there's a good enough staffed patient ratio. Um, there has historically been a bed crisis for mental health patients, especially CAMS, as you're saying. You know, sometimes children have to be like taken like miles and miles away from their family. Yeah. Because it's just, like the only bed. Um, sometimes people stay in A and E for hours on end until you find a bed. Um, mm. It's all stuff we we know. I think it's been, yeah, it's no secret that the NHS has been underfunded for a long, long time. Yeah, and people so, don't respect mental health as much as they should. Yeah. No, no. And it's just interesting that we talk about it because I know that it's it's something we've talked a lot about on the pub before, and we, you know, it's part of who you know who we are and why we why our brains tick the way they do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Cool. So, Tis. Yeah, this is this is I'm I'm sending us way way back. Okay, uh, but you said you find it hard to believe that there's nothing after yeah. we die, which is what clings you on to believing there has to be something. I'd say I don't. I feel like nothing is still in the running. It's just not as high up. It 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 Sorry. baffles me that still that's the like the adopted adopted thing by a lot of people. It's right. like it's either heaven and whatever else or nothing 
Right. Oh, okay. So you're like, oh, it's probably something else, actually. And there's no, like, room for sort of mysticistic atheism yeah. or something. <laughs> Uh, I just had it because I was like because when you said I find it really hard to believe there's nothing I was just like yeah. my brain was just like I find it really hard to believe there's something for me it's like oh it probably is nothing yeah do you know something right um, this is something I've been meaning to mention on the pod for a long time it, I always think about it and I'm like I've never actually mentioned that on the pod every now and then there's one thing which makes me go Maybe this isn't all a chance. Maybe there is some sort of grand creator. Beef is like nodding. Beef's okay. waiting to hear what this is. I'm <laughs> just curious, um, yeah. It's fruit. Fruit? Yeah. <laughs> fruit, I eat a lot of fruit, and sometimes okay. I'm eating fruit on the sofa at night, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is so designed to be eaten by me. Like a banana, it's like got a handle, I open it, it's all sealed, and I eat it, and I'm like, what a delicious flavour. And then I pick a different fruit mm. and it's an apple and I hold it either end and I eat around it and I'm like, wow, different. Tastes different, just as delicious, completely different thing. Amazing. Mm. It's like it was designed for me. And then I have an orange and I pick its wrapper off like it's a candy bar and I go, mm, delicious again. And whenever I, <laughs> I eat fruit, I always think maybe someone did design all this. It's all a little bit too perfect. Um, and that's the one thing so I've been meaning to tell you that for years I always forget that like fruit is the one that's thing that's amazing me, that's the one thing that makes me um, sometimes reconsider my like fatalist idea that there's nothing I love it that, that's, doesn't that make you believe in nature more than anything else though that yeah but it's too provides... perfect it's too perfect too perfect for nature what are you on about you've seen a sunflower yeah but that's not that's not have you seen the seeds on a sunflower yeah but um, I don't eat a sunflower <laughs> <laughs> no, but the pads is crazy. Nature's yeah, crazy. Yeah, but nature man. does create amazing nature patterns. Can make it all. But I can survive without looking at an amazing pattern. I need to eat, and it's like nature provided me perfect food. No, but you got to take that to the next level. Yeah, mm. the food. Anyway, anyway, that, I just wanted to bring up the fruit thing. No, that's interesting. If you ever then turn to faith, you would maybe be the only person in the world to do so because of fruit. Hmm. It's a good reason. That's interesting. But no, it's an interesting point, yeah. I think you should turn to paganism more likely. Paganism celebrates the harvest and fruit and and wheat. I don't need to turn to anything. You should turn to <laughs> paganism. It's not the... It's not the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's... I can believe there's nothing but fruit is the one thing that you believe. Well, maybe someone designed this. This is pretty cool. Bobby the Pagan. I'll see if there's... there's um. I'm going to see if I can find a book that might help you. You don't have to. <laughs> I won't have time to no, read I, it. No, I actually, I have, I have a book. Paganism for beginners. <laughs> no, I have a book. I have a book about the fall of man. Is it the Bible? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Uh. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I'm going to find it for you. Okay. It's about apricots. Is it really? Is it yeah. fruit is proof of God by Luke Rartin and you're going to write it between recording? Oh, my pseudonym. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Has um, anyone got any other stuff they want to bring up? Because we've been waffling on for a while now. Where did you get the orange from? Me. Yeah, what? Where? Obviously, God didn't make it, but what? Where did you get it from? I don't know. Supermarket. From which supermarket? 
Um, is it an easy, was it Easy Peel? Oh, Waitrose or M&S, Easy Peel. Boom. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Those are the ones. <laughs> wow. So is it is it one of those? I haven't uh, I haven't had an orange for a while. I was just using an example. Oh. It was, I'm not thinking of a specific time I've eaten orange. Oh, I thought this was an actual experience. No, it's, I have it all the time. It's an experience that happens to me all the time. Whenever I eat a bit of fruit, I think, wow, this is like designed for me to eat. But where do you get your fruit from? <laughs> well, I don't, shop, I don't shop at one specific place. You don't even keep track? Not from the last time I bought an orange. <laughs> do you ever shop at Waitrose or Marks and Spencer's? Um, there's no Waitrose near here, but I do go to M&S sometimes. The oranges were from there. I'm not doing my whole weekly shop there. I'm not made of money. Easy I'm a part-time student. Street, definitely. <laughs> I'm telling you, the fruit from those places is so much better. And I don't, yeah, I, I know. The, the food from those places is much better, but it's expensive. Tis, do you shop at Ocado? Uh, no. <laughs> no. It's, it's much more expensive as well. A card. Yeah, yeah it, no, it is, of course. I'm not saying I shop there all the time. I'm just saying the fruit from there is the bomb. If you're going to have fruit. It depends on what fruit. No. No, it depends on what fruit, mate. Easy peels are top draw. Easy peelers are still hard to peel depending on... I've got some sweet easy peelers in, in a fruit bowl here from Tesco and they're not they easy to not peel. They are hard to peel. And I've got some... My my nan buys Waitrose Easy Peelers and they're not easy to peel. They never are. They are. They are. Mate. In M&S and Waitrose, they are. I'm going to go and get some from M&S and Waitrose. And then she's like, oh, you need to roll them around on the table first. I'm like, I shouldn't have to. I'm sure it is. No. They've got good... They're so easy. They're so easy. They're very they are so easy. Too. But you don't want it to be too easy. Oh, he's going back on yourself now. <laughs> no. You don't want it to be too easy. What? Why? You're complaining about non-easy peelers. <laughs> Why? Because if the skin's too separate, then it means that the fruit's dried out a little bit. You want a bit not of a challenge? Not. You're not getting dried out fruit <laughs> in M&S, mate. No. <laughs> they pump it full of pure orange juice from concentrate. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Inject it. Of course, they oh. have to. I just, I don't get how you can pick fruit. And it looks the same, but this is M&S and this is Audi. That's true. How do they know? And the difference is palpable. Palpable, if you're having juice. I have this issue with watermelons. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, finding a good... Watermelons? Water- yeah, watermelons. Such a- you're right there. Some so of them have no flavour. a good one. Yeah. You've got to, yeah. like, kind of, like, pass it, apparently. Oh, I don't know. I just grab it and hope for the best. No. Yeah. There must be machines that let that read this stuff, because I'm telling you. I don't know how you can read an orange. Right, next time we see you, Tiss, I'm going to get a piece of fruit. Uh, from? Two different types of fruit from different okay. supermarkets. And I bet no, you, has to be you won't be able to M&S tell me. M&S or Waitrose. It has to be M&S or Waitrose is one of them. No, I'm not going to tell you. No, it's not. No, because it's the others gonna... are just in the dirt with the rest. M&S and Waitrose is That's sitting the on the magic though, carpet yeah. floating above the rest. Well, M&S and Waitrose are two decent shops. Yeah, I'm going to get one from like Lidl or Aldi and Waitrose. And I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd be able to make... You wouldn't be able to tell oh, me. Oh, I you, bet I could. I, I bet you the fruit I went, I can. He's giving you the fruit anyway. Mate, it's, it's bullshit. It's like these people that drink wine and they're like, oh yeah, I reckon I could tell which wine is which. No, you, you couldn't. Oh, but I'd love to have see one, it, mate. Have one day where you get one from Aldi, one from Lidl, and then another day where you get one from Waitrose and one from M&S, and then let them know. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm going to do it, mate. I'm going to choose fruit easily. from Are you really going to go through this? <laughs> easily. Yeah. The- not, not apples, because I think apples don't really taste that great, no matter where you get them from. Give me, give me one segment of an easy peeler. 
One segment of an easy peel and I'm done. Unpopular opinion. I don't really like apples. I don't see the big deal. They're just a good standard fruit, aren't they? I just ate a pear. You're not keen on pears, are you? No, they've got a weird texture. I'd say b- bananas. Bananas are universally pretty uh, pretty much the same most places. You've just mm. got to wait until it's matured. Anyway, <laughs> um, flipping heck, that was um, pointless. Fruit, fruit buying <laughs> tips. That was fruitless. I'm just conscious that we might end on a negative note about fruits and mental health, and I'm actually eating a penguin right now. Mm. So, does anyone want a penguin joke? Yeah, yes, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. Tish loves jokes. Why can't penguins fly? Do they? I don't know. I'll wait for Tish. Tish, you should know this. Um, Because they're fucking lazy. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what oh, it says mate. on the penguin. Yeah, is it on the penguin? Because they're chocolate biscuits. Oh, is that oh. actually the joke? That is ridiculous. That's a, that's a little bit too. The question self-aware. should be: Why can't penguin biscuits fly? Like it makes so meta. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I want them to be a bad pun. Yeah, yeah. That's not good enough for me. Uh, if anything, you've ended the show on an even more sour note. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be on again. I'm so sorry. Was it, was it Mini Milks that used to have a joke on the lolly stick when you finished a Mini Milk? A Mini oh, Milk? Yeah. I don't think I've had one. Oh, but I've loved Yeah, I used to have a Mini Milk. Oh, yeah. you mean like the ice, ice lolly Mini Milks? Yeah. yeah, they're like, it's basically oh, just yeah, frozen yeah. milk on a stick, yeah. I don't remember the joke though. I don't know if it was a mini. There was there was one brand that had them on. There yeah. was something, and it either had a joke or like a fact. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. facts. facts. I was a bit disappointed when I got a fact, though. I wanted a bad joke. <laughs> the thing is, the facts were actually more interesting. The jokes were always rubbish. I never liked them, but for some reason, if I got a fact, I was still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bob were talking at the weekend about um, back when Walkers used to put five and ten pound notes in the bags of crisps with like mm-hmm. plastic coverings. No, you were talking about that. I don't remember that happening. Please no, come amazing. on. That was good. To that never happens. That did happen. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I remember the blue sachets. I don't remember it having money. That's either. it. No, I never no. got any money. So. <laughs> did, they ever, did Walkers ever put five or ten pound notes? Yeah. <laughs> did they? In fucking did. Envelope. Yes. Envelope. Oh, Rachel not even said. Yes. Okay, well, if Rachel says that, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Rachel can't hear what you guys are saying either. She just said the blue packet, so it must yeah. be true. No, that's that's all forgiven. You're right, Tiss. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. There you go. I'm with you. And that is mad. That is totally mad to put, like, tender in a fucking crisp packet. They wouldn't do that. Literally giving this is what I was money saying, away. actually. I was saying that now that, that back in those days, they'd literally just give you a tenner. There you go, there's a tenner. Now they give you, like, a tenner if you spend, like, £50 in fucking gift.com. Yeah, it's like a total partnership. bollocks. It's just <laughs> the, the prizes are not prizes. They're just <laughs> advertisements. Oh, I remember you talking about this now. You got annoyed when we went past I McDonald's. About, I was talking about... <laughs> McDonald's Monopoly. The Monopoly game used to be all about just giving you fucking shitloads of money, and then it or free McDonald's or whatever, which is pretty terrible. But now it is literally like you just get gift vouchers to things you wouldn't purchase ever to a, a company that has partnered with McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. Synergy, mate. Yeah. Like when you used to win a book token at school. You're like, oh, great. A book token. I love those. You get a free book at the book fair, right? Yeah. yeah but 
Yeah, they were good. Yeah, for... Beef, you're a Philistine. Yeah, beef. No, because <laughs> no, they'd always be for W. H. Smith, and it was never enough. You'd have to be like, oh, I'll wait till next year, and hopefully win another. No, because they did books that were cheaper, specifically that you could go and get with your token. And I didn't want those ones. <laughs> oh God, never happy. I used to get the is it the file file facts where it's like yeah, a fu- I used to love them. Yeah, those were fucking Spy awesome. Did it have top secret on the on the front? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally got one called Spy File and started a spy club at school based on that. Yes. Oh, oh my toys God. were terrible. Did you spy they? on anyone? No, they were brilliant. <laughs> God, so negative. Right, are we done? Have we got anything else we need to say? Because it is cracking on now. No, other than. Thank I mean, you we, to this Zara. is this is an endless topic. Yes. We could talk about this forever. Yeah. Um. um yeah, sure. I'm more than happy to always help in the future. Um, I'm not sure I really kind of addressed. What was supposed to be addressed, um, but I feel like we've had a good combo. I've enjoyed it. I hope you guys have as well. Um, And yeah. Thanks for joining Boys us. The, yeah, thank you for joining yeah. us. I think what we've, what we've decided on, well, we already knew from last time that we actually haven't actually changed that much. We're still pretty much the same people we always were. And the reason we feel more sceptical now is just because we're more sceptical of life because of things like social media, things going on. The world around us has changed and we feel changed because of it. But deep down in our core, we're not. Of course. And um, I'm happy to know that. And uh, next time we're going to be looking to the future. And um, hopefully, so listeners, you're going to have to be really quick on this. Um, You're going to literally have to send this as soon as you listen to this in terms of recording times. But if you want to weigh in on any of the stuff over the skepticism series, like how you've been affected by any things in your life to do with skepticism or your change in uh, relationship towards skepticism or your opinion on what you think we should do in the future regarding the show, uh, things like that, because we're going to be looking to the future. You need to get in contact with us right now. It's WTATUPod at gmail.com, or you can go to weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com and hit contact through there, and um, we'll get your messages. Hopefully, we'll have a couple that we can talk about next episode as well. But you're going to have to be quick. Can't emphasize that enough. Uh, also, on that website, weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com, you can find links to find us on social media, even though none of us use it anymore, but we will, especially for you. You can support <laughs> us monetarily. You can buy t shirts on the T Public store, all that stuff. Go on the website, it's all there. I can't bother to go over it all. Um, What's the other stuff, guys? I can't. I can't even think. Go to my website, bobshoy.com. You can see the other podcasts I work on. Done. Quick. That's it. I think um, you nailed it. Oh, listener of the week, real quick. Um, Reeve Thompson emailed me um, a little while ago, but this is something that's been going on. There's a lot of people who they they've been listening now, and they've hit the end of where they've, we've come to, where we've recorded to, and they've gone back and listened from the beginning again. And you maniacs, I salute you. We had someone message me today. It's their third run through. Um, oh my word. That was actually John Eichen, the guy who we gave Listen of the Week last time. He's like, yeah, I'm on my third run-through now. But anyway, Reeve, second run-through. Reeve, thanks for listening, mate. Uh, Listen for the week. Listen for the week. It's the second to last Listen of the Week ever. We're, we're cutting Listen of the Week, but you snuck, snuck in there. Um, and um, to get on with the whole mental health discussion that's been going on this episode, Great Synergy, we actually were deciding on giving our charity money this run to mental health charities. So that's still going to happen. We'll probably decide by next episode because it'll be the end of the series. So we'll let you know. Actually, we're going to be supporting mental health charities for the rest of this year, we've decided. So we'll be doing that next time as well. So if anyone's got any uh, charities that are near and dear to their heart involving mental health, let us know and we'll try and split and send things to different places. 
Right. Amazing. Are we done? Awesome. Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. So thanks again, Zara. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. much. That thanks, was Zara. Awesome. We should probably actually end the episode. So anyway, well, thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, love you lots. Bye, 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 bye. And um, uh, what's, what's yeah, the joke? Cheers. What's the penguin joke? Uh, why can't the penguin be a penguin? It's a biscuit. Anyway, love you lots. Bye, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see you later. <laughs> cheers, guys. Bye. summary god works in mysterious ways hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.